Before we jump in, I just want to tell you guys about an amazing company called Clutter Be Gone. Um, they are sponsoring this episode, and Clutter Be Gone is life changing. I can't think of a better company and um, service to offer to you guys. Um, when we moved into our house, we had a ton of boxes, a ton of things we wanted to donate and a ton of garbage and it was all just piling up in our garage and I felt extremely overwhelmed by the idea of dividing it all up, breaking down boxes, donations, getting to, you know, um, Salvation Army or wherever and I got in touch with Clutter Be Gone. Clutter Be Gone sent the happiest, most jolly guys out to our house with their big truck. They came and just took everything out of my garage. They sort it. They make sure that everything gets to a good location where it needs to go. They make sure things get recycled, donated to families in need, and they just do it all for you. You just can sit back and watch all of your junk disappear. And they also swept out my garage and left me smiling. Seriously, they are amazing. And I want you guys to go and check out Clutter Be Gone. They can come and do big spaces, small spaces, um, small, medium, large loads, and they have given us a discount for you guys. So if you go and um, find Clutter Be Gone at Clutter Be Gone on Instagram and just message them, you can use code MAMAHOOD10 and just mention that you heard the deal off of the MAMAHOOD podcast and they will give you 10% off, which actually really adds up with an offer like this. So go and find at Clutter Be Gone um, with just a B in the middle clutter the letter b gone on instagram and mention code mamahood 10 for a discount on helping them transform the spaces in your home mama a word that we all know a word some of us hear a thousand times a day and some are anxiously waiting for it's a title accompanied by immense joy deep loss and hearty laughter We love mamas. We love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in the closet. Because we have them too. We know that moms need moms. That's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and your sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. We want you to know that motherhood is Motherhood is valuable. The work you do each day matters. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the the mamahood. Welcome to another episode of the Mamahood podcast. I'm Marin here with my co-host Rochelle today. Hi, Rochelle. <laughs> Hello. Today we're going to be covering a topic that has not been covered yet in depth on the podcast, and it's something that a lot of moms may not even know exists until they've experienced it. Um, today we're going to be talking about prenatal depression. I'm super excited to cover this because... Although, I guess, I, I don't know, maybe I'll ex- we'll explore and I'll figure out if I have, but I don't think I've experienced it specifically, um, but I've definitely experienced prenatal anxiety, um, and I don't, I just, in general, don't think we talk enough about mental health struggles with moms when they're pregnant. I think we focus a lot on postpartum. And Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, I just think we we have not covered this topic enough. So I'm really excited. 
Yeah, um, me too. I had not known that this was a thing. Um, in fact, yeah, I guess we can get into that later. But yeah, I did not even know that this was a thing until I had experienced it myself. So hope that this will be helpful to people that are pregnant or getting pregnant because it's, it's, it is a thing. <laughs> I do too. I do too. So before we jump in though, um, thought it would be fun to do like a fun mom lightning round of more, some more lighthearted stuff. Cause I know we get a lot of these questions often and sometimes it's just fun to answer them, um, and give a little lighthearted before we jump into the, you know, depression. <laughs> <laughs> so it so. sounds so morbid. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Um, okay, so I've got five questions here that we'll we'll both answer. Some of these are pretty commonly most of these are pretty commonly asked. So what is your favorite way to entertain your toddlers these days? You can go first. Uh okay. Iris loves she's very creative, so um, my favorite thing is just to give her some Play-Doh. She has a bunch of like toys, like little tools that she used to build things. And she will play with that for hours. I'll just have it on the table all day. She'll come here and there and play with it every now and then. Sometimes she'll just sit and play for a super long time. But for us, like it's the best thing ever. And it's really cute to see like the things that she makes with it. But yeah, just going back to Play-Doh, that's been like um, consistently the best thing to keep her entertained for long periods of time so yeah you know i think crazy i feel like play-doh gets a bad rap i really do it does i think a lot of moms like complain about play-doh but yes yeah go ahead and and i I totally understand i think slime gets a bad rap justifiably (laughs) slime is the worst if you haven't dealt with it and you you will and it will get somewhere and ruin something it's ruined my couch um Mm -hmm. a couple of shirts we haven't gotten any hair yet so i'm really like proud of us so far but yeah slime sucks (laughs) play-doh's awesome (laughs) slime has ruined a rug for us and so we're we don't do slime but like play-doh i feel like mom's complain about like getting play-doh as a gift and i'm like i freaking love play-doh like give us all the play-doh because i just feel like it really does entertain them for for so long (laughs) yes yeah yeah so that's us what about you um so the one that i wrote down was the library um we've been really into the library lately like ever since it got a little warmer and it's not so like miserable and drizzly to go outside I like to go out, I guess. Um, we've been going to the library every Tuesday after I pick up my little boy from school. And, like, we go in. I let them get as many books as they want, like, no limit on books. And I laugh so hard at some of the books they, <laughs> <laughs> they pick. Um, this week we read several German books. It's like, okay. Oh, sure wow. This one. <laughs> That's cute. That's yeah. really funny. So, but then, like I tell them, we can't read the books till we bring them home, and we bring them home, and they'll just sit and read, like, look at all of their library books, like, their plethora of library books for hours, and I feel like Tuesdays are just the best day ever, because we get home, and they just read for, like, hours, and I don't know, it's just been my favorite lately. That's so fun. (laughs) I love that. We go to the library, but I feel like I only go every two to three weeks to exchange them. But I'm like, man, I just need to go more often. Ours is just so far away. But um, it is like such a fun thing, though, to get yeah. new books. It's like shopping for free. You know, you can't get to get whatever they want. Here, go buy whatever you want. 
as many as you want. <laughs> we usually like, have meltdowns. That's like every kid's dream. When we return some books, there are meltdowns. Oh, but, that's sad. Yeah. But we go every week, well, so I'm just like, it's just one fine. week. You get one week with this book, so they don't get too attached to it. But <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, what is a must-have toy, game, or book that you want to tell our audience about that you and your toddler have just been loving lately? We just got magnetiles for Christmas, and oh my gosh, game changer. I Mm -hmm. will play with them with her. Like, I'm not, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) I don't do a lot of playing with her during the day. I've been trying to teach her to play on her own and be creative on her own. I'm busy with my baby and things around the house. I will sit and play with her, but I can't do it all day, obviously. And so getting magnetiles was, like, the best thing for her to learn how to play by herself. But I also really do love to play with her, too. It's Mm -hmm. so fun. Um, My parents just came to town um, last week and they played magnetiles for so long. They absolutely (laughs) loved it. They ended up buying some for their own house. But yeah, magnetiles are so great. I'm really glad you said that because I actually wrote down magnetiles and then I changed it. Oh, you did? Um, Oh, cool. But magnetiles has been, my boys got them for Christmas and now I just ordered two more sets for their birthdays because I just feel like it's like our most played with toy, like hands down. Oh, no, nothing awesome. gets played with. And they can play with it with multiple toys. Like they can use their magnetiles to make like a track for their cars or make a house for their whatever or a cave for their dinosaurs. Like they just use it. I feel like magnetiles are played with with every other toy too, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, that's what Iris um, says too. But what I wrote down was this really freaking cool toy that um, my – dad actually gave my boys for Christmas and I will I'll we'll put links to all this stuff but I'll link to this because it's like from a really specific company um but it's like a fort building kit and so basically what it is is it's like a bunch of rods and then these balls that have like a bunch of holes on them so you can make the rods connect oh I've seen and then you can build like any type of structure like and it comes with this book that shows you how to make like an igloo or a rocket or a house or a cave or a castle. And um, it's been so fun for them. Like they, it's big. Like it's, um, mm-hmm. it's like they can go inside of it size. And they have a blast with it and it will entertain them for hours. And then it's something that like we like to do with them, building like an igloo or something. And then... They play in it for a couple days, and then they take it down and build something else, and that's just been one of our favorite toys lately, and I feel like it inspires a lot of creativity and imagination. That's so fun. Is it, like, can it support blankets on top of it? Yeah. Is that what? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's kind cool. of the point, is that you can put blankets over it. Gotcha. Or sheets okay. or whatever, which we do that sometimes, but they get to the point some days where they just make so many that they don't even put blankets over it and they just play in it so it's fun I need need to get that um okay what is like a go-to meal that you've been making for your family lately that our audience could add to their meal plan this week maybe um our go-to always 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 is taco salad we'll change up like our base like sometimes we'll do tortilla chips on the bottom or sometimes we'll do rice or just lettuce and then we do like either chicken um ground turkey and then what's really good about it is that you can add whatever toppings you want on it so 
my little picky toddler, she'll have a very basic small salad and then me and my husband <laughs> will put a bunch of veggies on it. But it's just super easy. So that's what we usually do if I don't know what to make that day. Classic. It's been a long time since I made taco salad. Maybe we will make that this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> my Well, I just wanted to give a little shout out to the air fryer industry. Um, <laughs> I've heard a lot of people talk about air fryers for a long Do you have mm-hmm. one? I, I used to. Then with the move, I ended up selling it, but I need to get another one. You did. So. I've heard people talk about them, and I thought maybe like an instant pot it would be something that I wouldn't use that much um Mm -hmm. because we like never used an instant pot but um we have loved our air fryer like we've used it for everything we've made steak in our air fryer we've made chicken we've made pork chops we make chicken nuggets we've made um everything you can reheat pizza in it and it tastes super great like anything it's so amazing I'm just like why did it take us so long to get this everything tastes better there than the microwave it's just oh yeah yeah anyway so we we had one and we just didn't like we were never creative with it we would make like sweet potato fries or basically just Mm -hmm. like um vegetables in it but I never like got I I didn't have it while it was getting like really trendy and people were Mm -hmm. coming up with all these like cool ways to use it I'm like dang it okay definitely need to get another one so (laughs) you do you really do um yeah so it um another thing we've been using it for is to dehydrate fruit and so you can put like chopped up apples or strawberries or bananas in there and it takes a long time. Like, you got to do it overnight, basically. Oh, but it okay. dehydr- dehydrates them so they're, like, dried fruit. And then I'll just, like, fill up a giant, like, gallon baggie with all this dehydrated fruit. And my kids will snack on that when we're, like, in the car at church. You sold me. You definitely sold me. It's been the that's best. what we struggle with is snacks. <laughs> that's, that's been, amazing. like, a game changer. They will prefer that over fruit snacks sometimes so it's oh that's nice. been awesome that's a win so yeah I guess I've already talked along our like go-to meal lately is just like a giant one pan tin foil dinner basically so I'll mm-hmm. just do like potatoes ground beef squash and like broccoli or peas or something with this season with like a really good seasoning and just put that in the oven for like 45 minutes and that's something we do almost every single week that's so. awesome so easy okay any mom hacks that have changed your life lately michelle yes so my daughter is three and a half um she's very opinionated about a lot of different things and uh her hair is crazy so fixing a toddler's <laughs> hair that's very opinionated about a lot of things it's it's really hard sometimes she'd rip out her hair within a couple of minutes of me doing it so I made a Pinterest board um of all the hairstyles that I knew that I could do on her they're just like pictures of little girls with their hair all pinned up and I saved the ones that I knew that I could do and the ones that I thought that she would like and so every single morning before I do her her hair, I have her go through the board and pick oh, a picture. I love that. And so then I'll do her hair and she doesn't rip it out ever. Not a single time that we've done it this way has she ripped it out or said she didn't want it. Um, it was such a struggle. I would do her hair how I thought she wanted it and then like 
she'd rip it out and I'd be so frustrated because I would like (laughs) spend a lot of time on it. So anyway, letting her choose has been like a game changer. Um, And then I just have that little board. So it's like things that I know that I can do, but that she might like anyway. So that's so smart. Technology, man. Sometimes it's the best. Oh my gosh, I know. Um, Mine is pretty simple. I've been trying to get my kids to have more veggies other than just like with dinner (laughs) and so I've been buying every single week one of those big huge like Costco sized um naked juice the um green machine is what it's called it has like the spinach broccoli it's like full of vegetables um and I got them these cool cups that come with a straw that they're like excited about using and so every day with breakfast and lunch they have green juice in a cup with a straw that is genius and I I'm like okay I understand that that's kind of cheating as far as getting greens into their system but right now like that's what's working for me yeah exactly make sure they're getting like a lot of greens and they love it because it's super delicious it tastes sweet they they make sure that it has like bananas and stuff so it's sweet and um but they don't kind of they kind of don't realize what they're drinking even though that is so I think they should like I have told them there's vegetables in there but and they're not to the point where they think that's gross but I just feel like it's a really quick and easy way to get them their green leafy green vegetables (laughs) yes I just don't know too many young like small children that love vegetables Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know of many and I think it's just a stage Mm -hmm. so I think it's like a really good way to to incorporate it into their diets so that's genius. When I started getting stressed, because I feel like they will willingly eat endless like potatoes, carrots, squash, like a lot of the things that aren't quite as healthy for them as Mm -hmm. like spinach, you know? So finding a way to get that into them, there's like kale and spinach in there and stuff. And that stuff is like super, super good for their body. So that's been. That's really smart. I love that. (laughs) Okay, what's a favorite show or podcast for you that you have been loving? Um, I love the Great British Baking Show. I usually watch that while I'm folding laundry. <laughs> it's just so wholesome and so sweet, and I just love like seeing all these people. I don't know, like I love their accents. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. just all so cute, um, and it is like super uplifting for me whenever I like just during the day. So. My sister, not my, oh my gosh, did I just say my sister? <laughs> my daughter, she, my daughter calls it the cooking show. And so sometimes when I sit on the couch and I have my laundry next to me, she goes, no, not the cooking show. But then she'll come and watch it with me. But anyway, yeah, that's what, that's what I watch right that's now. That's cute. I love it too. I like, you compare that to like American cooking shows like Hell's Kitchen and it's like what is wrong with us it's crazy yeah oh it's kind of embarrassing so mean over here yeah (laughs) someone gets kicked off and everyone's like hugging them and on American shows someone gets kicked off and everyone's like see ya glad you're gone it's it's awful it's like kind of made me not like American like reality television anymore Mm -hmm. so I've been watching this show and then I've also been watching The Bachelor and this season, the girls were just, like, just really mean. Really, really mean. And so watching those together, it made me really not like like watching The Bachelor this season. It would just, like, come mm-hmm. on, be better. Be better, you guys. <laughs> Represent but, yourself a little better. Yes. Yeah. 
But yeah, The Bachelor too. I got this sneak then in there. I am Batch Nation. I love it. <laughs> Since you said a show, I'll throw out some podcasts. Um, if I mean, I feel like most people already know about this, but if you're not on the bandwagon yet of The Office Ladies podcast and you're an Office fan, I've been loving it. Are you an Office fan? I am. I am. I have not listened to it, but oh, I want to. It. Yeah. It's so fun, and I just like it keeps getting better and better. And like, um, the last episode, well, when this airs, who knows? Because it's we're a few months probably from this episode airing. But as of right now, while recording this, the last episode they released was the dinner party episode about the dinner party. What? Which is oh just gosh. like the best episode of The Office. It's right? iconic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they had every single like member of the cast from the dinner party come on and talk about like some of their favorite memories from recording that episode of okay. the show. And I, it was I need so to... good. Oh, it was so enjoyable. That's awesome. Yeah, you got to listen. Um, yes, it kind of is like giving me my fill of The Office since it's not on Netflix anymore and I can't watch it, but <laughs> I still yeah. feel like I'm watching it because I listen to this podcast. So, um, yeah, I'll just, I'll leave it right there. Um, okay, let's jump into our topic of prenatal depression and just, I feel like overall mental health during pregnancy. So, um, Rochelle, can you start by just sharing your experience with this, with our audience and kind of what that was like for you? Um, so I got pregnant while we were still living in Utah and pretty early on in my pregnancy, we moved to Florida. It was in the middle of the pandemic and everything. So it's kind of a lot of change, a lot of things happening, a lot of hormones. It was just, a not the best time for me to be making a big change like that. I think that that in combination with the pandemic and my hormones, it just kind of weighed on me. And I started noticing that I just felt a little bit different. Um, When we moved here to Florida, I was not feeling very happy. We were living with my in-laws at the time and I'd find myself being very like turned on whenever I was around them, like trying to be myself. And then we'd go to bed at night and I would just cry and just kind of like let myself feel um, we moved into our own home and I kind of expected for things to get better for me to be able to feel what I wanted to throughout the day or just have my own home, my own place. And things started getting worse and worse. Um, I just felt like, oh, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to describe, but, um, being a mom, you have to take care of your kids all day. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're a stay-at-home mom and I was, I was a stay-at-home mom at the time and, um, I needed to be awake and moving and physically taking care of my daughter. And I didn't want my daughter to see me sad. So I was trying to be as myself as I could. And oh. I felt like I was a can of soda, like, or a bottle of soda being just like shaken up all day long, all day long. The pressure is just like increasing. And then mm-hmm. at night it would just bust and just overflowing emotions. It was like as soon as I put Iris down and my husband would do his his thing or whatever, I just would break. And especially when he would go to sleep, I just, I've never felt so alone in my entire life. It felt just like an absolute cloud over me. And I would go to our living room and the guest bathroom 
and just cry, like sob so hard. I thought I was waking my family. Like I didn't want to wake up my family. And this was just ongoing. It was absolutely exhausting. Um, and I kept trying to reason with myself, like ask myself, why are these things happening? Like, why am I feeling this way? Like I'm pregnant. We just moved into a beautiful home and we're living near family. And even through, through the pandemic, like I felt like we had a good support system. Everything looked fine on the outside. Like I should have been fine. And on the inside, I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on with me. Um, there was one night that I was in the guest bathroom and I was on the the floor and I just, I felt my body just like my whole body just hurt from just the pain that I was feeling inside, like down to my fingers, my whole body was just aching. And Alonzo came in and he asked me like what I was feeling, what was wrong. And I told him, I genuinely, genuinely feel like you guys would be better off with me. Like, and I'm not just saying that, like I actually truly believe that and it scares me. And it wasn't to a point that I thought I would take my own life, but I just knew like, yes, it will. Obviously it wasn't true, but in that moment, I really thought that. And that's when I knew it was time for me to get help. Because even though I felt that it was true, I knew in reality, it probably wasn't true, but I still had a hard time with that. So, um, I went to my prenatal appointment and this time I went alone. I usually went with Alonzo and Iris and, um, I should also mention, I should also put this in, but I was also feeling a lot of rage too. Um, sometimes it wouldn't always come out, but sometimes I would just blow up, just absolutely blow up on my husband, on my daughter. And it didn't feel like me. And it was so like scary to see, like, it was almost like an out of body experience where I could see myself like acting this way. And it just, it wasn't me at all. There was one time that I, I blew up on Iris and it, it hurts me to see. And, um, it's really hard for me to look back on that, but when it, I remember I took her to her room and she was crying so hard because I just like yelled at her for a second. And I think that was another time that I realized that like I really needed to get help and that something was wrong, like actually wrong because that's not the mom that I am. And once I started seeing how it was affecting my daughter and my husband, it was really, really affecting my family, how I was feeling. Um, I realized, like, I, I loved, it, it wasn't really about me getting help to help myself. In that moment, I was really wanting to get help so I could help them and help how they were going through um, this experience. I just wanted to be there for them and take care of myself so that I could help them. Anyway, um, so I went to my prenatal appointment by myself um, and I opened up. I told my midwives what was going on and that I felt like 
my family would be better off without me. And I didn't know how to fix that feeling because I'd felt it for so long. And these people that I, were, that I was seeing, they were just incredible. They, oh my goodness, I couldn't say enough good things about um, my midwives. Um, one of them just started crying with me. And she talked to me for half an hour and made me feel like what I was going through was real. Um, she told me that she was, um, she's an older mom. And she told me that when she had young children, she was pregnant and she experienced something very similar to what I was experiencing. And she said that people don't talk about prenatal depression, um, but it is a thing. She said, I can tell you from my own experience that I have experienced what you've experienced, what you are experiencing. And she told me that it was time for me to go to therapy. And she also said that there was nothing wrong with me, um, that what I was going through was um, a mental problem and that it could be fixed and to not feel any guilt for it. Um, She told me that she was proud of me for talking to them about it. And one thing that really resonated with me She said, when you leave this building, I don't want you to leave and think, oh my gosh, why did I just open up about that? Or that's so embarrassing. Or what are they going to think about me? She said, I want you to know that we are not judging you and that we are here to help you. And we're very, very glad that you brought this up to us. She said, sometimes when people come in and they open up about these things, they'll give us a call like an hour later and say, hey, I've just been thinking about what I said. I hope you don't Mm -hmm. think that like... I'm a bad mom or that you're judging me, but I just feel like really anxious about it. She said that that's happened several times before. Um, she said that sometimes just opening up to somebody can help, can relieve the feelings that you're feeling um, just by opening up to someone and feeling seen and heard um, that can, that can help a ton. And it really did. I came home and I felt so much better. Um, I told Alonzo that my husband, that, um, maybe this, maybe this is all that I need, that I needed. Um, but they did leave me with a little post-it note with a um, reference to a therapist and I did schedule an appointment and I had my first therapy appointment the day that I went into labor. And, um, it was, just kind of a get to know you thing. I'd never gone to therapy before. I was really nervous. I didn't know what to expect. It felt kind of weird to be talking about myself so much, but she listened to me and she, over the next few therapy sessions, she gave me the tools I needed in my toolbox if something like that were to happen again. And it's been very healing for me. I actually told my husband the other day that I feel the best that I felt in a long time. I feel very happy and very fulfilled. And so much of that has come from um, my therapist and the professional help that she's given me on how to move forward from it and how to work on myself. It's just been truly what they say about therapy. It's been life-changing and I feel the best I have in um, over a year. So that's my story. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was very, like, very, very brave of you to share. And I know that it's really, really tough to open up about um, those super vulnerable moments and times where our mental health causes us to act out of character. 
And I think we often have a really hard time admitting those things for our own personal fear and shame. And I just think um, I can relate to you. And I think a lot of moms can relate to you. And in knowing that if we've had those moments where we lash out um, because of mental health or we aren't behaving like ourselves or we're losing sleep and just are hysterically bawling and these things that we go through that we're not just like a crazy person who's the only person on earth that has experienced something like that and I want to thank you for sharing that first of all um I I think it's really telling um what you shared about um your doc your midwife saying that they often get a call later saying I just hope you don't think I'm a bad mom and I think we have this huge fear over being seen as a bad mom. I think that's, for most of us, that's like our biggest fear is being viewed as a bad Truly, mom. Truly, yeah. Whatever that irrational fear is, like I know it's completely irrational that anyone's going to take my kids away from me, right? But I think all of us have like these irrational fears that someone will take our kids away or someone will just think we're not taking good care of our kids mm-hmm. or yeah. um, especially sometimes I don't want, I especially don't even want those closest to me to think that I'm a bad mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, but what's interesting is that comment that you made in conjunction with what you shared earlier about how you went to help your family. And I think if there's something you shared that I really think is so important to take away, it's that we're so scared to talk about it or open up or share or get help for fear of being a bad mom or being seen as a bad mom. But really, it's a selfless thing. It's it's be, being a good mom to go and get help and to talk and improve. And I really, really, truly believe that medical professionals recognize that and see that it's an act of us trying to be a good parent, then they they will never view you as a bad parent when you open up to them about that. Do you feel like it's that way too? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Something that my therapist has told me, because when I first came in, I told her, like, I'm here because I want to help my family. Like, I feel like I owe it to them to be the mom that I know that I can be and the wife that I know that I can be. And she corrected me and was like, you're also, you're doing this for you. Like, you can do this for yourself, too. And that was really hard for me to think about was that I'm doing this for me. Like, I'm not just doing this for my my daughter or for my husband, which is the initial reason I wanted to go in there. But she helped me understand as uh, after going through several therapy sessions that the more that I worked on myself and I realized that this was an internal problem, um, I was able to help my family. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. this story we've heard over and over again. If you're on an airplane and the plane's going down, whatever, you have to help yourself before you help your kids or your your loved one. Like you, you have to do that. And I really understand what that means now by caring for myself, um, not necessarily always first, but when I do care for myself and I take care of myself, I'm also taking care of the people that I love. And that's a really hard pill to swallow when you're a mom 
and you have this like innate need to sacrifice. At least that's how I feel sometimes, not all the time, but I do feel like in, in various situations that I must sacrifice everything for them. And it ends up turning around and hurting me and hurting them. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes through motherhood, um, when you see these signs and things that may, maybe you're not like clinically depressed or um, you haven't been diagnosed with anything, but you're feeling some sadness or some anxiety or um, stress or anything, um, even high levels of stress, those are things that you can actually seek help for and mm-hmm. uh, feel better for yourself and in turn, like feel better for your family. It's just this beautiful cycle. Um, when you take care of yourself, you're also able to take care of your family. I just think that's super important. And it's something that I've learned consistently over the past year that the more I take care of myself and I um, prioritize my, my mental health and my physical health, I'm able to be there for them. Um, I feel like right now I'm the best mom that I've ever been. I'm not a perfect mom by any means, but I do feel like um, the best mom that I have been since I became a mother. And I look at what I'm doing right now and I'm going to therapy and I'm doing things that make me happy. And I'm seeing this trend where, wow, I'm spending more time on myself right now than I ever have. And I also feel like a great mom. And I, I'm really seeing a correlation there. And the times that I wasn't taking care of myself and what kind of mother I felt like I was then. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think so many of us need to hear that, including me, because the truth of the matter is, is that when I'm not taking care of myself um, and I feel like I'm just constantly giving, 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 giving to my kids, sometimes what happens is I get completely depleted and then I'm not as cheerful or I'm not as um, creative or imaginative as I could be when I am taking really good care of myself and therefore improving their childhood and their experience and um so I'm really really glad that you shared that um I I have I'm the type of person who's experienced postpartum depression twice um and regular depression (laughs) um like life event causing depression Um, but in pregnancy, I actually tend to get like really severe anxiety and I want to hit on that for just like a quick second because, um, I, I think that a lot of times when we think about anxiety, have you ever experienced anxiety, Rochelle? I haven't, no. I think a lot of times when we think about anxiety, um, we think it's just like worrying, um, which it can be. And I actually, sorry, sorry, I have through pre, uh, prenatal anxiety at the very beginning, oh, really? but sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 you're good. I, I want to hear if you have anything to add for sure. Um, I think like, yes, I'm an quote unquote anxious person. I tend to be a little bit of a helicopter mom and I tend to be worried easily and like scared that everyone's going to die constantly. Um, And I think sometimes we think of anxiety as being just like a panic attack, which is something that happens for sure. And I've had that happen. Um, But when I'm pregnant and like I'm currently pregnant and the type of anxiety that I'm experiencing is 
really, really severe where it's like just my heart is constantly pounding and it constantly feels like I'm about to like go up and give a speech in front of a million people, even though I'm just like safe in my home and there's nothing happening. Um, and I didn't really understand that that was a form of anxiety until I got pregnant and then went through some of the things that have happened this time around. Like, I just, it's miserable. It's completely miserable. And it feels almost painful, like your chest is hurting. And um, like I had a doctor's appointment the other day for my MS and my blood pressure was super low, my heart rate was super high, and I had a temperature. And um, she was like, I think you're experiencing like severe anxiety. And I was just sitting there in the doctor's mm -hmm. office like totally fine. And she actually made me get up and do jumping jacks to bring my heart rate down weirdly. She she suggested to bring it like way up and then it would bring my heart rate down and my blood pressure up. Um, but I just wanted to touch on that for a second because I also started seeing a therapist a couple of weeks ago and um, he has helped me a lot and um, the tips that he's given me for anxiety um, and the way that he's validated what I'm experiencing and the way that he has simply even just told me like this is this isn't a feeling this is actually a disease it's like this is something that's happening to you it's not just a feeling that you're choosing to have and also I just I can't say enough about getting medication if you really need it when the symptoms are just so debilitating and I just I I just want to throw out there that prenatal anxiety is also a thing and um if you are experiencing that that there are things that can be done <laughs> yeah to help you you don't just have to live with like a constant beating heart <laughs> yeah I was feeling that towards like the I think beginning of my second trimester um just having like elevated heart rate and like just it was like a burst of, of adrenaline I would just be laying on the couch watching a movie with my husband and I'm like I feel like I just ran a marathon like I mm -hmm. cannot get my heart rate to go down at all and then it would cause me to panic where like I can't feel I feel like I can't breathe yeah. and I'm just sitting on the couch like yeah. not doing anything at all and I couldn't put a name to it I didn't know it was anxiety at the time um, but it was scary because I was pregnant and I didn't know what was going on with my body and I feel like if I'd had more knowledge and known like this is a thing like prenatal anxiety, prenatal depression, it wouldn't have felt like um, I was harming my baby, which is what it what it felt like. I felt like my body was kind of attacking itself and it was going to harm my baby or it was, um, mm -hmm. it was also harming the people around me and myself. And um, I just wish I'd gotten help sooner. I literally didn't get help until like the, <laughs> the day that I went into labor. That's when I had my first therapy appointment, but I do wish I would have gotten help a lot sooner. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it's crazy. It's like one of those things where all of a sudden you'll be like weak and shaky or you don't feel like you can, like to me, sometimes it'll get so intense that I don't feel like I can even just walk across the room. And, um, so 
a simple piece of advice is to like do jumping jacks, run a few laps outside, run up and down your stairs because I have found that getting my heart rate like way up actually causes it to calm down. But oh wow, the, okay. The biggest thing I would say is to get help. Talk to somebody. You don't have to live like that. Um, yes, yeah. And one other thing I wanted to throw out is I think a lot of um, moms experience prenatal depression. And I think it can be hormone-based, like what you experienced. But I also think, well, I know because they've they've done so many studies about the effects that like pain and discomfort have on a person over a period of time. And we just go from being like constantly nauseous to like constantly tired to constantly in pain. And I think pregnancy, I think it's, very normal when you are going through months and months and months of discomfort and pain and feeling sick and feeling like you're not yourself and you're in a different body sometimes I feel that way when I'm pregnant um Mm -hmm. for that to make you depressed and it doesn't mean that you're a it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you I it's just I just want to normalize this more Like, it's just normal to go through depression when hormones change, when you're in a lot of pain, when you're sick constantly. For me, I've been in a bit of a a mood low because I'm constantly puking. And that just, it just irritates you after a while. It makes you angry. It makes you frustrated. It makes you tired. Um, And so... Yeah, I just I I love that you you brought this topic today because I just want to normalize it more. <laughs> Absolutely, I feel like if I'd heard about it before, maybe I would have been quicker to get help. But I kept waiting for oh something will change, it'll get better, it'll get better. I'm just gonna wait it out, and then it would get better for a few days, and then it would come back and hit really hard. But whenever I would hit that high, I just would ignore it again. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm all better now. Like, whatever it was, I got over it, my hormones or, um, and I just wish I would have known that that wasn't normal and that low, low was not normal. I think it's normal to go through some highs and lows, but when your low is that low and you feel Mm -hmm. like the people around you are better off without you, like, that's when you know you need to go see someone. Exactly. So we, we talked about like seeking a therapist therapist and opening up to your doctor and everything I just wanted to throw out maybe some like everyday tips that someone listening to this that's just nodding and is like oh my gosh that's me that's me right now what can they do today what are some some either tips you got from your therapist or things that you just found that were just like forms of help or comfort that you could do um, to just ease that prenatal depression or anxiety for you One thing that she told me to do, which I mentioned in a previous episode, but um, was to start doing things for myself little by little to schedule a time during the day to have some alone time from the craziness, hecticness of motherhood um, and to do something for me. And I told her at one of my therapy appointments, I was like, oh, I did something for myself last week. I went to a dermatology appointment and she looked at me and she was like, that's not for yourself. Like that doesn't count, but it felt like it was for me, like no kids involved, but she's like, no, I want you to do something that's for you. That's going to make you happy. And so I did. And, um, I did realize right away that 
I was starting to feel a lot better. These were like my hobbies or reading a book or writing my planner or um, just little things like that that started helping a lot. And then, of course, just talking to someone that really has been like um, the ultimate healer for me, talking to my husband and then going beyond that and talking to a professional. I had my my husband that I talked to, my best friend, but as soon as I started talking to a professional about it, it just changed everything. So um, that's what I would say to bring like immediate comfort, to work on yourself and do things that make you happy and especially to talk to a professional. I know that we've been talking about that this whole time, but truly like that, that is what helps so much. I love it. And I honestly just think like even like for me, it's taken a long time to see a therapist and it just takes sometimes for moms hearing multiple people talk about it. Um, and so if we can be one of those voices for you, that's just like um, advocating for seeing a professional therapist. That's great. Like, let us be one of those voices that eventually gets you there because I know it's it's hard and it is it's very um, it's brave. It's an act of bravery to schedule an appointment with a therapist and open up to them about um, what you're dealing with. So, um, you know, we never claim to be mental health professionals, but one thing we can do is just let you know that you aren't alone, like I said earlier. And if you're pregnant and struggling with any feelings of major sadness, hopelessness, like Rochelle said, feeling like your family would be better off without you, um, anxiety, self-hatred, or anything else, please, please, please just reach out to someone, um, a doctor, a trusted friend, a spouse, and you can even reach out to us. You can send us a message on Instagram at the.mamahood. You can find um, Rochelle on Instagram at Shell Valens, and you can find me at Marin Drew Bay. Like, you can reach out to somebody and talk about the way that you're feeling and get support through what you're going through. Um, and we love you, and you're not alone. Thousands and thousands of women are in your shoes. We get messages from them. We can tell you for a fact, thousands of women are in your shoes, um, and there's nothing wrong with you. So, um, I want to thank Rochelle for sharing her story today and bringing so much hope. I I think that's one of the best things is that your story ends very hopefully and I hope that moms can see that it's not hopeless, it's hopeful to to get help and to face these things head on. <laughs> so, um thank you so much for listening. We love all of you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, um, scroll down and leave a review. Come and find us and let us know um, if there's anything you wanted to add. Um, we love you and we hope that you have a fantastic week.